Build Radio, Episode 6. Okay, so we know that Build is definitely in the building. Make some noise, Build! Build hope. Build life. Build solve real problems. Build future. Build solve real problems. There's a lot of gun violence in my community. I always have to be careful when I go out in the streets because, like, I never know when they're going to start shooting. Carlos was uh, 18 years old. He was gunned down when she was only 15 years old. You're not going to do this to my city. You're not going to do this to our children. We need help. We need help now. You need to stop it now. You are listening to Bill Radio. How Bill made me feel, made me feel like I'm in a safe haven, like I'm protected, I'm guarded. How do I feel about Bill? I feel like they're going to help me make it in life. It just makes me feel at home, like I have people that care about me here. I look at Bill like family, so they mean a lot to me. It make me feel like I'm smart, like I'm a part of something good instead of being a part of some violence or something bad. I feel loved when I come to build. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to our sixth installment in the Build Radio podcast series. Now, it's been a little bit since we've released an episode, but don't let that make you think we haven't been hustling. We're proud to announce that our 50th anniversary gala at Navy Pier's Grand Ballroom was a tremendous success. And for the first time in the history of the agency, we raised over a million dollars to support Build's impactful youth programming. Programs that inspire hope and confidence, engage young minds, show an alternative to street life, and save lives. Thank you so much to everyone who was involved with making this extraordinary occasion such a success and supporting Build Chicago for all these years. Now, over the next hour, you'll hear moving stories from five different Build Youth participants who originally shared these stories at our annual public speaking contest. In addition, we have a spoken word piece from a Build Youth alumni who is now a young professor with quite a spectacular resume. We also have youth interview coverage of Build's Black Table event, where African-American teens get a chance to share a meal and conversation with accomplished African-American leaders. And lastly, an interview with community youth hip-hop artist, Rio Remy. So we got a lot of good stuff for this episode, so make sure to stay tuned and don't touch that dial or button or screen and revel with us in some positivity and encouragement and light. Because stories like these is what hope sounds like. In honor of our anniversary, we're going to kick off this episode with a short piece celebrating 50 years of build and 50 years of transforming lives. And we'll be back right after that. Thanks for listening. My name is Adele Bach. I was married to Hank Bach, one of the founders of Build. I have some memories here of the early days and the roots of BUILD. My name is Ted. I was one of the original four who got together at the formation of BUILD. The name BUILD came about over pizza at Bob and Donna Gemelo's house. After midnight hours of throwing out names like Sting and Hard and brainstorming the next morning, Hank called Bob to offer a suggestion I had of BUILD, meaning better urban interest and leadership development. Bob thought it over and, perhaps with others, revised the name to broader urban involvement in leadership development. Bob was an incredible human being, incredible energy level, and you could hardly talk to him and not go away committed to what he was doing. Bob became director, and Hank became program director or urban planner of the early agency. 
New workers and programs were added, anything that could bring diverse groups together and break down barriers. And Bill was always thoughtful. He was committed. He was the third person to start the organization. Just a good, solid individual. One of the workers at Hank's memorial service said, I told Hank, Hank, you can't combine gangs like this. The Italians are going to kill the Puerto Ricans. The Puerto Ricans are going to kill the Polish. They're all going to kill each other. The vision for another positive option prevailed, however. And uh, all three of these original incorporators have passed on, yeah. but their legacy is very much alive. Build is in the perfect position, a great position to continue to grow and expand, and it continues to be the best in the business at what it does. The sky's the limit for this organization, and I'm glad to be a part of it. I think it was 1978. 1978 was my first trophy from Build. I was eight years old. I'll never not appreciate and mention and think about all of those people that thought enough about me and my brothers and my friends that we could be somebody. When you come to the dinner and you hear the success stories of kids who are now on in college and beyond uh, because of the help that Bill gave them, it's just proof of the pudding that kids can learn and that if we give them that helping hand. I'm the data. I'm a kid that could have gone the wrong way very easily and now I'm doing the work that was so important to my own life. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very grateful to BUILD. BUILD is highly respected within the city, within the state. That is not something that just came up you know, overnight. That is just years and years, decades and decades of hard work. So you are part of a special group of people. He would be pleased to walk in and see young people. He would be pleased to see the, the restorative justice, those peace circles, that's what would make him happy. To see the young people, that's what make them happy. It's been an impressive 50 years, a legacy to be proud of and one to continue to further. In addition to Adele Bach, who introduced herself at the beginning, those were the voices of Donna Dudley, who worked with Build for some 45 years, Arlen Gould, a founding board member, Jimmy Ramos, who started as a Build Youth and now sits on its board, and Eric Davis, also a former Build Youth who went on to play in the NFL, worked decades as a cop, find some success as a rapper, and now serves as the executive director of a Chicago youth development nonprofit called The Base. You can hear all of their stories and more on our Build 50th Stories podcast. You can find those at soundcloud.com slash build 50th stories. That's soundcloud.com slash build 50th stories. Next up, we've got a spoken word piece written by Build Youth alumni Dr. Omari Zamora and performed at our 50th anniversary gala. With a PhD in Iberian and Latin American literatures and cultures and a master's in African and African diaspora studies, she's soon transitioning from assistant professor at University of Kansas to joining the faculty at Rutgers University. She says Build was instrumental in her ascent to success by giving youth such as herself leadership opportunities and programs like Youth Council and a safe place to foster curiosity and life skills. Dr. Zamora is living proof of the effectiveness of the build model. She shouts her experience from the rooftops in this poignant piece. This is me. I am who I am meant to be. I thought, I am damaged goods. I thought, I need to be fixed. But I am who I am meant to be. See me Augusta and Campbell, what it used to be. See me, Humboldt Park. See me, daughter of Dominican immigrants. See me, Black, 
See me Pucci from the block. See me daddyless no longer. See me mama hustles harder. See me fat. See me gorgeous. See me Phoenix rising from the ashes. See me Chicago. See me Austin, Texas. See me New York. See me Philly. See me LFK. This is me. Broken, damaged, defected, unfit. They said, no one wants your broken parts. I said, who you think you're talking to? They said, you not nobody to be this uppity. I said, I am worthy. I am no longer scared to be. I am not scared to be seen. I will walk with my head high, be not bothered by your supposed supremacy, be not bothered by your fragility, be not bothered by your tears. I make no apologies, for we are glorious. I don't have to tell you why. For we are magic. You wouldn't understand it even if you tried. And when in doubt of what I carry with me, I step into where I go, clutching stronger to my roots, holding harder onto my people. They are me, I am them. We are ancestors' wildest dreams. We are who we've been waiting for. This is me, this is us, this is Build. A pretty amazing piece from an amazing woman and a fantastic example of what young people can achieve when given the opportunity. The opportunity to grow, to learn, to lead, to experiment, to feel safe somewhere, and to speak up. So without further ado, let's listen to the stories of participants from our Build Voices program. This is a program that provides youth with public speaking workshops over a four-month period, not only to prepare them for our annual public speaking contest, but also to help them academically and professionally as well as boost their self-esteem and self-confidence. Outstanding participants are awarded college scholarships, and this year, judges decided to award all five this honor. First up, we have Monet McCullen, a 16-year-old sophomore at Wendell Phillips High School who tells her story in verse, with charm and humor of how Bill has helped her along her path. Hi. My name is Monet McCullen, and some of y'all might remember me from last year. I had the story of my first heartbreak and hopefully my last heartbreak, which may not be my last heartbreak. My build mentors had helped me through it. I am now 16 years old and still attending Wendell Phillips Academy. This year, I am taking some drama classes, so you may notice a difference in my presence. And as you all may know, I like making poems. So here's one to describe how Bill impacted my life this year. <sighs> sophomore year, two more to go. Almost shed a tear when it had snowed because it added two more days to the end. That's two less days of summer, my friend. Oh, how I got so tired of school. I don't know if I was done or if I was just in one of those moods. But every day, this thought popped into my head. What would happen if I just stay at home in bed? Could I make it in life without waking up at 5.30 every day? to do the same routine of hoping to be on time, but almost always late. So it goes, drama, geometry, chemistry, lunch, English, trigonometry, U.S. studies, music, one day. <sighs> then, drama, geometry, chemistry, lunch, English, trigonometry, U.S. studies, music again, the next. 
This thought in my head, will I ever be able to get some rest? Do I have to live out the same routine for the rest of my life? Don't usually do this, but the thought of this makes me want to break down and cry. That's why I look to Bill for fun, for friends, for support, for discussions on complicated trends. To tell you the truth, Bill is the only thing I look forward to throughout the day. Now, don't get me wrong, I get good grades, but it doesn't take me much effort to get an A, which is why I fight through this boredom and why I stay. To be honest, I might just be having sophomoritis. I don't really know, but I know Brown and Miss Stephanie ensures me that I got this. Providing us with college information and ways to get jobs. I'm still trying to process this thought of school after school, which is a lot, but they ensure me college is fun. I can choose my classes how I want them, and maybe I do them one by one. I know that's not how it works, but I wish it did. Through Miss Ebony, I'm learning the financials of college and the support for the kid. Hopefully, I'll be done with all my classes by Hmm, 104 years, switching gears. Bill has allowed me to go outside of my comfort area, breaking my Phillips hysteria. I've met some people from territories and keep in touch with my previous, but still trust me, my mentor, Ms. D. And I can never forget about Mr. Ashley. It's like I am continuously adding to my family. With Bill around, I will never be lonely. It's like I am building a pathway for my life. You get it? That pathway for me right now is exploring my creative side, helping me show off my skills. You should see my rose from Dances personified. I've been standing with you. I've been right here with you, Troy. I got a life too. I gave 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. Don't you think I ever wanted other things? Don't you think I had dreams and hopes? What about my life? What about me? <laughs> I'm not gonna be like Rose, you see. Bill will help me explore all the things I can be. So this time, I won't have to cry. I won't have a reason, and I know why. Bill is a part of my life, and if they ask me if I will do it again, I will say I will go back and do it twice. Thank you. Next, Talia Thompson, a senior at Wendell Phillips, talks about family difficulties, how Bill helped her with confidence, and navigating the tough teenage years. You think you're supposed to know everything, but life is a mystery. Don't you know life is a mystery? I see you still trying to figure it out. It ain't all for you to know. It's all an adventure. That's all life is. But you got to trust that adventure. I'm on an adventure. I'm on an adventure. Hi, my name is Talia, and I am a builder. This is my first time up here, but I am a person who is drawn to public speaking. I have been a part of many speaking programs, but this is my first time competing. I'm the daughter to a young mother who had her first child in high school. She still struggles to this day because of the choices she made when she was younger that I believe she regrets. I am also the daughter to a father who is still absent to this day because he lacks the strength. He thought his actions back then were pretty cool, but now he looks back and sees that he spent half his life in jail. I have three siblings, two sisters, one biological and one spiritual, and one irritating little brother that I let to death. 
And thanks to the glory of God, I'm proud to say that I have in my life a stepfather, one real strong, true black man that takes care of me like I'm his own. I think he would never truly know how much I appreciate him and how happy I am to say he is my father. I am the strong young black woman you see before you today because of my grandparents who kept food on my plate and clothes on my back. Even though they have taken care of me the best they could, there are still those things I had to learn on my own. Nobody will ever know about those nights I cried looking out to see if my mom would come home. Because she was too young herself and she didn't experience her life yet, so I had to wait for her to be able to understand what it means to be a mother. Nobody would ever know about those things I did when I was younger that I regret to this day and I feel I will always remember. I came to build at the beginning of my freshman year. I thought it was an actual building program where you will be using hammers and nails. I thought this because my principal, Mr. Sullivan, didn't clearly explain the program in the morning announcements, and he still doesn't. Build has impacted my life in so many ways. For example, my mentors have helped me build the strength to get up here and actually speak out about my life especially Miss D, with her constant sassy remarks and shade for not doing this contest last year. Build has helped me cut all the negativity out of my life, like the negative friends I had last year who I thought had my back but only wanted to see me fail with them. Now I realize what a real friend and good company is. They also have helped me through a difficult time when I supposedly broke the heart of this boy I was dating a boy who continues to hate and spread lies about me to this day. I learned with the help of Ms. D and Mr. Ashley, my unofficial therapist, that he was an emotionally broken person who couldn't express his emotions in a mature way, and I knew I couldn't help him with that. Bill should exist for so many reasons, because it's not like any other after-school program where you will come and they'll just know your name. No, it's a place where you'll feel safe, and are able to call the people around you family. Build is located on the west side of Chicago, but provides students on the south side, like myself, with amazing opportunities, like being able to attend the black table, go on college field trips outside the state, earn scholarships, and much more. Being in Build, I have it all. I go places, have fun learning experiences, and I get to meet people who I cherish for the rest of my life. Colorful hair, tattoos, and all. Thank you. Up next, we're going to hear from LaQuisha Johnson, a senior at Wendell Phillips High School who speaks on how Bill has helped her find her voice and prepare her for life post-high school. I am amazing, an incredible me. Celebrating the beginning I choose to be. Do you remember me? I'm LaQuisha, the protagonist of this story. I've always loved theater, everything about it. I love the lights, the costumes, and creating my own world. I'm trying to write myself an amazing story, one in which I leave the south side of Chicago to study theater in college one in which I serve as a role model to my brothers and sisters, 
one in which I live the life I've always dreamed of. Had you asked me four years ago, I would not have thought this dream was even possible, <laughs> a fantasy. Moving from Las Vegas to Chicago in the middle of my freshman year of high school wasn't easy. I was shy. I didn't know anyone. I felt lost. And then I found Bill and Miss Deanna. We all call her Miss D. Now I'm here, senior year, and it has definitely been a struggle. Classes are overrated. Teachers expect so much of me, and sometimes I don't even want to get out of my bed. I just want to have a day all to myself, and weekends don't count. I am the oldest of four children. My mom is a home health care professional and tends to work crazy hours. I am expected to clean the house, take care of my younger siblings, and stay on top of my classwork. I leave home every morning at 6 a.m. from my house on the far east side of Chicago, going to Wendell Phillips High School in Bronzeville. My regular school day ends around 1 p.m. in the afternoon, and from there, I go downtown where I am enrolled in the CPS Advanced Arts Program. I am in class till five, and then I go to my film foundation screenwriting after school program, and I am there until 7 p.m. Because of this schedule, I am not able to attend build after school program as often as I would like. But that does not keep build staff from supporting me and allowing me to come when I can. Build has allowed me to experience so many things outside of the after school program, like college trips, working for the summer and winter break camps with the younger kids, and most of all, being able to earn a scholarship through the public speaking contest. For three years, I have been under the wings of Miss D. Now it's time for me to fly solo. I remember everything she has taught me, how to love and respect myself, how not to let what other people say get to me, and to think before I speak. I need build around because this is where I feel safe, where there is no judgment, where I have learned to positively express my feelings, and where I have learned the power of my voice, and I am not ashamed to let the world hear my cries. I will transform the future and so much more. Built has given me my wings. See them spread and watch me soar. Thank you. We've got some more great build stories for you coming up. But before we continue with those, we're going to switch gears for a second and hand it off to Build Radio youth correspondent Jaye, who covered our third annual Black Table event at ABC7 Studios. The event gave African-American teens a chance to sit and eat lunch with accomplished African-American leaders and learn about their different pathways to success. Hear thoughts from Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton, Deputy Chief of Community Policing Dwayne Betts, ESPN Sports Radio host Jason Goff, and more. We'll be back in a little bit. Hello, this is Jaye, and you're listening to Bill Radio. Hello, you're listening to Bill Radio, and today we have... Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton. I have a few questions for you. 
With Bill's 50th anniversary theme being Dreams to Legacies, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, I'm really honored to be the first black lieutenant governor in the state of Illinois. And with that, I hope to continue my work around criminal justice reform and restorative justice, work that I've been doing throughout my career. And really just trying to figure out how can we go from such a punitive system where we focus on punishing people to one where we really recognize the strength of our communities and building relationships and really helping our communities be safe. So when I come to an event like this and I see all of the young people in the room, um, my legacy that I hope to create is one that makes a safer, healthier community for all of the young people that are here today. Okay, thank you. We have Deputy Chief Dwayne Betts, Community Policing. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your occupation? Well, being the Deputy Chief of Community Policing, my whole role is to oversee the community policing offices, uh, often CAPS offices and the personnel inside to make sure that we're all in line in problem solving, working with the community, building relationships, and working with our youth. We really are committed to working with our youth, and that's why I'm here today. Um, okay, I have another question. Uh, with the Bill's 50th anniversary theme being Dreams to Legacies, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, I, gotta, I would like to leave a legacy of never give up because we're always going to have some hard knocks and some rough spots. We're always going to have some things that arise in our communities and our occupations, but we should, can never give up on each other because, and the ultimate goal is to have safety in the neighborhoods and have a builder relationship. And I know that Build has been working with the districts. When I was in 15th district, they did a lot of work with us and it's starting to pay dividends now. What's your name? My name is Siobhan Sanders. And what is your occupation? I am a compliance advisor uh, with Nuveen. Okay, Ms. Sanders, with Bill's 50th anniversary theme being Dreams to Legacies, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, I want to leave a legacy of that uh, everyone should do some type of volunteer community service work and just understand it's not just about the self but about the community as a whole. What's your name? My name is Jason Goff. And what is your occupation? I am a sports radio host for Sirius XM and also ESPN Radio. All right. Um, with Bill's 50th anniversary theme being Dreams to Legacies, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Um, just you know, trying to advance um, the voice of the community where it's an ever-growing landscape in terms of uh, people that look like us who are having these platforms and burning these platforms and making sure that the kids can see that there's other ways to uh, conduct themselves in terms of sports or entertainment, you know, behind the scenes or in front of the camera. Um, you don't always have to be the act, but there's, there's, a, lot of, um, there's a lot of creativity that's, that's able to be constructed in, inside these platforms. So just trying to, trying to make sure that everybody understands the opportunities that are out there that you don't get a chance to see every day. Okay, thank you for stopping by Bio Radio. Thank you. This is Jaya, and you're listening to Bio Radio. We have Devin Pickett. And what is your occupation? I work for the, in the front office for Chicago White Sox. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, with Bill's 50th anniversary thing being Dreams to Legacies, what legacy do you want to leave behind? I really just want to be an inspiration for the youth coming behind me um, 
being a great example of what a young African-American male, um, African-American individual, is, how, how you're supposed to carry yourself um, and strive for greater things in the future. Okay, thank you, Devin, for stopping by Butte. Hello, my name is Jaye. What's your name? Tiana Carter. Um, what's your occupation? So I oversee a client service and sales division at Skills for Chicagoland's Future. Mrs. Carter, um, with Bill's 50th anniversary theme being Dreams to Legacies, what legacy do you want to leave behind? The legacy I want to leave behind is, is a little cliche, but leaving the world a better place than I found it. Uh, in that when people think about my name and what I've done, they can always say that I've done what I said I was going to do, right? So whatever, it, it, it's hard to say because the world's evolving and, and what that looks like. Um, but as long as I'm doing what I say I'm going to do, once I finalize what that is, then uh, I think I'll leave a great legacy. Okay, and I have a second question for you. How can an event like this motivate the youth to set their own path and leave a legacy of their own? I think an event like this allows youth to be exposed to different individuals and different careers that they may not have known existed. I remember when I was very young, I used to want to be a dentist, and um, you, you kind of have the idea that there's only a few occupations, right? You're a dentist, you're an attorney, you're the, you know, and, and it wasn't until I got more exposure to other careers like sales that I realized that it allowed me to hone in on skills that I was extraordinarily good at versus uh, dentistry that I was limiting myself to when I wasn't good at math. And so uh, it's a great opportunity for youth to think about other areas that may align with their skill sets. Okay, Tiana, thank you for stopping by, Bill. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Some very impressive folks, and a big build thank you to all of them for coming out and supporting and inspiring the next generation. Also, shouts to Jaye, who did such an amazing job out there in the field. It is not an easy thing to do. And now it's time we continue with our theme of build stories. Next up, we have Chaseon Irvin, a 16-year-old sophomore at Prosser Career Academy who goes from spoken word to prose in a piece discussing the impact getting shot at had on his psyche and what it's like being scared to go outside in your own neighborhood. He speaks with tenacity of the worlds of opportunity Build has opened up for him. I'm not the same me as I was last year. To see all the things that I've been through would have made you shed a tear. You see, I'm not one of those kids that get good grades. I'm one of those kids that's scared to get an A. Hearing gunshots, not knowing that the bullet gonna hit my back, turning me into one of those summer flashbacks. Realizing nobody can hold your trust. Those bonds get so old that they turn into dust. You see, I changed a lot since last year. At first I was scared and I don't even have fear. I went from thinking about school and football to will I even make it to the practice. Yeah, my life hardened now, but people say there's worse. Well, how do you know? Was you almost a corpse? Did you almost have a baby on the way scared? Now you gotta pray while watching, making sure you don't get sprayed? Yeah, I thought so. Your mind's hardened now, but I done made it through it all. I tied my shoes and showed Meek and Young Thug how to ball. I stacked bricks to make sure that they'll never fall. And I had to press the clown when them haters call. I made it out on my own two feet and showed them that I don't need a father to show me how to eat. I used my mind to prove that I'd never miss a beat. And when you come for me, you always face defeat. You see, I done been through the war and I done seen the battle. 
I'm black a minority. I've been fighting ever since I held a baby rattle. I taught people how to fear me, making them forget that there was a we. You see, I don't speak French, but we we is something I never hear see. Because you never had my back when things went thin. All you was worried about was them Benji Franklins. Or living high like the Jeffersons. Or floating on the clouds like the Jessons. So don't worry, Dex. This is my laboratory. Coming from the home of Chirac, I welcome you up to my story. A story that expresses emotions, feelings, but not yet hope. Good evening. My name is Chaseon Irvin. I'm a 16-year-old sophomore at Prosser Career Academy. Yes, that was a poem. And it's about me. It explains my life right after the speaking contest two years ago, when I was nothing but a teeny tiny 14-year-old. Fast forward to January, my 15th birthday, when three shots turned a promising birthday into a nightmare. You see, God was on our side. Although one of us is hit, we all survived. For months, I could barely go outside. And if I did, it had to be with a gun because my brother was scared the incident would happen all over again. Do you know what it's like to be a 15-year-old carrying a firearm in fear of his life? I felt like a wolf trapped in the captivity of his own mind. I was out of my element. Slowly, my confidence returned. As I tiptoed out my cage, I regained my stride. I got back to being the outside kid I once was. I started tracking field with my school. I thought everything was going to be fine. That's what I thought. Here it is, February. The month track events begin. Everyone's running, doing their warm-ups. Then came the first run. Runners got in their running position. Got ready to run. On your mark, get set. The sound of the starting gun. When I heard that, I recoiled. Back to the lone wolf in his dark, lifeless cage. Paralyzed, heart racing. I stood there shaking. I managed to calm myself down before making the scene. I haven't felt like this since the incident. After that, I knew I needed help. I was too afraid to say anything to my mentors, family, or friends, so I held it inside as any other teenager would. But Miss Ebony, one of my Bill mentors, saw the pain and fear on my face. She had the mindfulness to see the cage that no one else could see and knew I needed to push. She wanted to help me be the strong wolf I knew I was. She called my mother and explained that she had a job opportunity with the youth council and she would love to have me join. Timid, but yet trusting Miss Ebony, I hesitantly said yes. And man, am I glad I did. At that time, doing that program was the best thing for me. It got my man up that day and gave me a great opportunity to make some money. Miss Ebony opened a wide door of opportunities for me, and I wasn't afraid to walk through them. I later then got invited to go on a three-day college trip to Indiana. Shout out to my Bill mentor, Mark, who says it's the greatest state in the union. That was the second greatest trip I ever been on with Bill right after my college trip to New Orleans. I had an excellent time getting out of Chicago and learning about colleges that are out there. It helped me see just how beautiful the world really is despite how much violence is buried beneath it. But all things got to come to an end, right? Just as life goes good for you, you get a text saying I love you. And before you know it, you almost lose a friend. Not just any friend, but one who you really liked and even had a crush on. If it wasn't for my bill mentor, Miss Dominique, being available at 11, 12 at night, I don't know what would have happened. Luckily, all minor setbacks line you up for major combats. After talking to a couple of people from Bill, not only did I get invited to join another college tour to Wisconsin-Madison, but I also got the chance to perform in Bill's upcoming 50th anniversary dinner. Today, I just want to say thank you, Miss Ebony, and thank you, Miss Dominique, and thank you, Bill, for all you have done for me. 
If it wasn't for the existence of this organization, I don't know where I would be mentally or physically. You guys help me remember that no matter how much life knocks you down, you always have to get back up and continue writing your story. Now I know the meaning behind Langston Hughes when he said, Life for me, ain't been no crystals there. Thank you, good night. Lastly, we have Ariana Johnson, a high school senior who speaks about struggles with depression, finding her career path, and how BUILD has become a part of her family. My name is Ariana Johnson, and I'm a 17-year-old high school senior at Austin College and Career Academy. In middle school, teachers would talk to each other about me. You see, people who think they know me believe that I am a hard-headed and outspoken person. But there's a side to me that no one knows about. To me personally, I am a sensitive person who wants to be loved and sometimes suicidal. I am the person who sent the I love you text late that night because I was ready to leave this world. I still thank God that those pills didn't work. I had a lot of factors that contributed to the stress of wanting to die and the stress of wanting to live. The stress of wanting to die came from school, work, and myself. And when I say myself, I mean that I am a perfectionist, so I try to do my best regardless of the cost. The stress of wanting to live came from my family because I wanted them to see the best version of me. I wanted everyone to be proud and boast of my accomplishments. But with all these stress factors, it made me the person you see before you, a hardworking procrastinator who could pull off three essays in four hours and still have time to sleep. In school, I am a humorous student who happens to daydream and focus at the same time. I am also an adrenaline junkie who likes to go zip lining and get chased by crackheads. I come from a line of hardworking, independent women who all have college degrees and federal jobs. Being around these women made me think about my possible career. I have gone through the process of trying to figure that out with the help of my family. First, I wanted to be a teacher until I was reminded that I don't like kids. Next, I wanted to be a lawyer, but I thought the bar was an actual bar that I had to get over. Then a podiatrist, until my little sister put her feet on me and I realized that I don't like feet. I even considered being a trauma nurse until my mom showed me pictures of blood and I screamed in fear. Now I'm leaning towards being a forensic scientist. My goal is to go to Southern Illinois University Edwardsville for a bachelor's in criminal justice and then go to West Virginia University a master's in forensic science. I came to BUILD because my mother had to do her workman compensations there. Coming to BUILD changed my life for the better. When I first got here, I expected it to be a serious and quiet environment, and it was the complete opposite. Every day, I saw something different, from table tennis games to bike ridings to the stress of planning fun events for the youth. I started off around two of Bill's employees, Mr. Daniel Perez and Ms. Diane Whelan. Working around them showed me that it's okay to be goofy and have fun at work. 
Bill should exist because the staff take pride in their jobs. They will go to any means necessary to make sure you succeed. This includes getting the youth into after-school matters jobs or taking them out of the city on college tours. Going on college tours relieves fear about going to college, like the fear of how to pay for school or how to survive or how not to quit no matter how hard it gets. Opportunities like these help young people to experience life outside of our communities and beyond what we are used to seeing. Bill has become another part of my family, a part that I am forever grateful for. Some really powerful stories and testaments to the virtue and community value of Build Chicago and organizations like it. We're so proud of Monet, Talia, Laquisha, Chase, and Ariana. It's not easy to speak publicly about a lot of these issues, but these young people have learned the power of their voice and their story and how they can use it to help build the place that helped build them. Because when people hear these stories, it becomes more real and more tangible. And folks want to join in on the mission of what this 50-year-old agency works for every day to help write more of these stories. So on behalf of BUILD, we thank and applaud them for the courage to speak up. And we can't wait to see what their next chapters have in store for them. Now, before we go, we got one more segment for you, and that's our interview with local youth hip-hop artist Rio Remy. He's got a distinct sound per a lot of what's coming out these days, and he strays from songs about violence that many of his contemporaries seem to build their whole brand on. His mixtape Timeless is coming out soon. And you're listening to BUILD Radio. That's right, you are listening to Build Radio here on the Build Radio Podcast. we got another amazing guest for you once again, and we would like to welcome Jeremy Stevens, a.k.a. Real Remy, to the studio. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good, good. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming by. So, uh, your name's Jeremy. You go by Real Remy? Yeah. It's like Jeremy, Remy, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Well, how long have you been making music for? I would say I started making... I, I've been making music for about, like, I would say four years. Okay. I started kind of my freshman year of high school. Very cool. You were playing me some of your stuff earlier. We'll have some uh, of that for you a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really impressive for four years in, man. <laughs> it sounds like professional and like you sound Thanks. like you know what you're doing. Um, what got you into music and who were some of your early inspirations? Well, um, my like inspirations are like Drake and Sway Lee. Mm-hmm. And I like X2, XXX, Tentacion. For sure. But at first I was just like writing music and then I would like go on YouTube and for I would look up like instrumentals and just like rap to them on my own and then like write it down in my phone like notes I had like just write down lyrics and then mm-hmm. my uncle he knew someone who uh, who like owned the studio well not really owned the studio this is just like a studio in the attic <laughs> and um I would ask him to go for a while at first he was like no, you're not ready to go to the studio. He would, like, push <laughs> it off, and then I kept, like, asking and asking. It's kind of like you got to practice yeah. yourself, like, get good for <laughs> Yeah, and then he finally decided to take me in, which I'm glad. And then I had recorded, like, my first... I recorded my first song there, and it was actually good. Mm-hmm. So I just, like, ran with it. People liked it, so hey. I like making it, so I just kept doing it. Sounds good, man. What was it like, like, re- like recording for the first time? I was, like, super nervous the first time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. when I. <laughs> it's kind of funny, too, because, like... I'm not gonna even lie. When I like said my um, 
when I said my first line, it came out. So I was so nervous, <laughs> it like came out so weird. Like yeah. it did not come out the way I was practicing. Sure. Like it came out in like a squeaky, like weird voice, and it was like, it was kind of embarrassing a little bit. But like I kept, he like we kept doing takes, and then I eventually got it. What was your first song called? It was called Pull Up and Flex. Okay. <laughs> what it, like what's your what's your writing process? So you're saying, is, does a lot of it come from freestyling or just like sitting in you know waiting writing lyrics like? Do you have a way that you go about creating new songs? Um, usually I like listen to the beat first, mm-hmm. and then um, I listen to it. I try to like get, catch a vibe for it, and then after that, I start writing to it. And I like go on. Once I catch the vibe, I just keep going and going until the song is complete. Cool. What's your advice for kids trying to get into rapping? I would say just keep practicing at it. Just keep at it, like. And don't be afraid of like criticism. Cause when I like first started, I just thought I was the best thing. <laughs> like <laughs> I just thought like couldn't no one, couldn't no one like tell me anything. Like I was just like the best. Mm-hmm. And then like I started like I kept writing and writing and writing. And then as I looked at my work from like four years ago, I started to realize like I improved and like the sure. criticism that people were giving me sometimes were actually helpful. So I'm like glad I listened to them and um can you do you remember? Can you think offhand of like a piece of criticism that helped you grow as an artist? Um, yeah, actually, um, my um, my mom told me that my like, I, I I was like super excited about my music and stuff. She had gave it to her, uh-huh. and she was like, it sounded like a seventh grader wrote this, and like, and I don't know, it was just like, uh-huh. I don't know, I didn't really like it, but like, yeah. I just kept going at it, and then like now my music. My opinion is way better. People like it a lot more and stuff. But when I was first starting too, it was some people was like who like laughed or they were like they like kind of took it as a joke and like they would say it was like trash. It was it probably when I first started it probably yeah. was trash. But like I didn't let that like get to me. I just kept going at it and at it until I got better and better. That's great. Like, yeah, keep yeah. on keep on going no matter what. What so like what are your goals? As as an artist, where, where, do you, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Um, Just keep producing. Yeah, hopefully, like established. I want to have my like own studio, mm-hmm. whether it be at home or at um like a facility. Sure. And um, I want to like try to like be successful with this, like making money off of mm-hmm. it, and like um, I don't know. I want to be able to give back to my community too. Like cool. If I, like, make it to the top, I want to be able to, like, come back and, like, help the kids, like, who are trying to, like, who have the same, like, mm-hmm. dedication as me or I, if I reach that point. Well, I will reach that point, but <laughs> I want to help them out, like, bring them up, too. Mm-hmm. Do you do live performances ever? Not really. In the summer, I'm going to get a lot more into that. I probably yeah. did. I didn't do too many. I probably did, like, two last year, but, like, nothing major, but, like. Once the summer hits, I'm gonna like go to open mics. I'm gonna like yeah try to look for a booking agent. Right now, I'm trying to find a DJ for sure. So just to get the ball rolling. Yeah, but. man, that's what it seems too with a lot of up and coming rappers that there's very few places to perform. You know, yeah, that's true. Because it's like it's one thing to be able to make great tracks, but it's another thing to be able to perform live, engage an audience. Like that's a whole other monster. You know. Yeah, I know. And so that's something that people have to be able to to get a grip on and be able to practice because it's fun. It's such an amazing experience performing live. Like the electricity of that some performers can just bring. Especially if they like your music too. That's yeah. like that's crazy. Like that's a whole nother like thing. Absolutely. Um, so what do you what do you write about? Do you have consistent themes that you write about? It's just um, kind of whatever's on your mind. Or? 
Yeah, it's kind of like whatever's on my mind. Like when I first started, I I just started rapping about like girls and like <laughs> money because I don't know. I just thought that's what people like to hear. But then, yeah. Like, um, my new music that I make now, um, I still sometimes kind of rap about that. I rap because I had to appeal to like the audience of this generation, so mm-hmm. I rap about that sometimes. Sometimes my um, raps have like. Uh, um, message you can take from it like one of my new tracks What Is Life it talks about like being in a like it, it kind of talks about like people in the environment like that I live in like Austin like sometimes you have to like make choices that you don't really choose to make so sure. like in a song the kid is like poor I guess he like doesn't really have much and um, what ends up happening is in order for him to like maintain he feels like he has to like rob or mm-hmm. do what he has to do to like bring money into his house. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I try to like write about like real stuff now. All right, so let's listen to one of your tracks. So this one's called Judy. Judy. It's so gonna be us. on my project that released May tenth. Cool, Time. Cool, cool. All right, so uh, we're gonna listen to this, and we'll be right back in just a little bit. Controlling me, gotta do it for the people who is close to me. Hey, I'ma get it, make it know the- So that was a little bit of a sample of Judy. Tell us a little bit about that track. That was kind of like a summer vibe type of song. Mm-hmm. Like when I started writing that, I wasn't I was just like in a happy move. Like it wasn't any that wasn't anything in particular that had like substance to it mm-hmm. or anything like that. It was just like what was on my mind. Cool. Uh, Very cool. Um, and then, so what can people expect from the new project that you're dropping May 10th? They can probably definitely expect a little bit of everything. It mm-hmm. Definitely. My goal on here is to, like, show my versatility. Cool. So, like, as far as, like, I can kind of sing, I can make, like, turn up music, I can make music with substance. It's going to show, like, a little bit of all of that before I, like, start categor- categorizing my music into, like, different categories. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm excited to hear that when it comes out. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role of social media in coming up as a rapper? Yeah, that's like the hardest. I feel like that's one of the hardest parts. Mm-hmm. That's like, I feel like 60% of being an artist nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I feel like nowadays, like, it's all about image, not even as yeah. far as like 
how good you are as a rapper anymore. And I feel like it's kind of like hard to maintain because a lot of a lot of the times people, well, speaking for myself, I am true to myself. I try to like be true to myself whenever I like post or like write anything on social media. I don't try to like reach or like try to be something I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that's what like a lot of people do. Sure. I don't know. Uh, sometimes being authentic work, which is the role I'm trying to go, I'm trying to push. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to push being authentic, but like. I feel like the direction is going now is like people don't want to see like what's true. They want to see like crazy stuff, crazy stuff, like, and like yeah, attention. I don't know, it's just like people seek attention and who would do like the most for the attention. So on your social medias, are you Jeremy? Or are you real Remy? Or are you have for both? Uh, on social media, I'm just a real Remy for sure. That's what I go by. Uh, so was it Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, SoundCloud. Facebook, SoundCloud. For sure. Spotify, all of that. Where do you release projects? Just SoundCloud or other stuff too? Uh, Apple Music, Spotify. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're legit. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. So make sure yeah. to check him out then on all those platforms. Is it well, one word, two words, Remy? No, it's one word, real Remy. Cool, cool, cool. Was it a process to get the music on Apple Music, Spotify, stuff like that? Uh, Spotify is probably the easiest mm-hmm. one. I recommend anyone who's like starting as an artist to like use Spotify. For sure. But like, um, I feel like um, the to get it on like Apple Music and all of that stuff, I went through a distribution website yeah. called TuneCore. There's many okay. out there. There's like yeah, CD Baby and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. What do you want people to know most about you as an emerging artist? Um, really, that I'm like true to myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really gonna try to be something I'm not, and um. Try to make music for like the people who listen to like enjoy or like build a connection to or like vibe with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes relatable too. And then, what do you think is the hardest part about coming up as a young rapper from the west side of Chicago? Um, definitely, there's like a lot of um, problems. Like, first off, like I don't make like the typical drill music sure. that people like make. Out here, like, mm-hmm. I try to make music that's, like, not as violent, like, easily vibe to, like, I guess more mainstream. Yeah. And then, like, you also have people who, like, don't believe in your vision. You have to kind of look past that. That's another problem. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to be able to, like, look past people looking at you as, like, oh, he's just, like, another, like, a stereotypical rapper. He's going to be, like, I don't know. just you got to look past being like one of those and like try to make something out of what you got and like keep pushing forward. It's mm-hmm. like pushing forward is the hardest part, I would say. So if you blew up, landed multi-million dollar record contract, what would be the first thing you would do? If I blew up, the first thing I would do, first I would buy my mama a house. Ooh. Definitely do that. And then I would get me a place. And then... My main priority would be building a studio inside my own, whether not even inside, it could be anywhere, just making sure I have my own like studio, a place to record it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm not really a big like materialistic guy. Like sure. a lot of my money, to be honest, would be put towards like promotion and stuff and like back into the music, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, and like make sure my family is straight and all of cool. that. Cool. Well, Jeremy, a.k.a. Real Remy, thanks so much for coming in, man. Yeah. We appreciate you spending some time telling about your art. 
Um, sound like a good, you have a good head on your shoulders, and we're excited to watch you keep on climbing. Uh, we'll be like, oh, he walked through these halls <laughs> way back when. Um, so make sure to check him out. The name of the project is what? That's the Timeless. Timeless. Drops so make May sure to 10th. check that out. May 10th. Yeah. Um, and it'll be on Apple, Apple Music. It'll, it'll be everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So stay tuned for that. And uh, keep on listening. Thanks for tuning in to Bill. And that is our show for this episode. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Build History, our alumni spoken word piece, our youth coverage of our Black Table event, uh, our interview with Rio Remy, and of course, our Build Voices youth stories. Build creates opportunities every day, inspires hope in those starved of it. Join us in helping write more success stories. You can make a difference in a young person's life. To find out how you can get involved, email volunteer at buildchicago.org. If you don't have the time, you can support our work in other ways. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, at Build Chicago. You can subscribe to our newsletters on our website. And if you're able, donate. Find a link on our website or maybe download the Roundup app and have a few cents from every purchase donated back to Build. Also, rating or reviewing this podcast would mean so much. If you're interested in hearing more stories of Build's impact or how Build was built, check out our Build 50th Stories podcast, where we sit down with alumni, staff, founders, volunteers, board members, and hear how they were shaped or helped shape Build. You can find those at soundcloud.com slash build 50th stories. That's soundcloud.com slash build 50th stories. For those interested, we have some great events coming up. June 6th is the 2019 Strides for Peace Race Against Gun Violence. This is an event to raise awareness of and funds for organizations working to stem Chicago's gun violence crisis. There are many ways to participate, and you can find out more at buildchicago.org events. On June 8th, we have our Youth Innovation Conference at USC. This is a unique event that brings together Chicago's young leaders during work in the arts, social justice, and community, and invites them to share their work in hands-on, interactive workshops and discussions. Find out more at our website. June 11th, we have our Do Good a Palooza event at Lagunitas Brewery. Very close to all the profits from drink sales and I get donated back to build to help support our youth programming. There'll also be food, raffles, auctions, prizes, and information on how to get involved. Purchase your tickets at buildchicago.org slash events. And of course, we have our third annual Summer of Opportunity Street Fest this June 28th and 29th, featuring live entertainment, carnival rides, climbing walls, and resources to help residents prepare for a safe and successful summer. There are so many ways to come build with us, and we'd love to see you get involved in one of them. For Build Radio, I've been Benji Wax, and I thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next one, and do some good out there. If we really want to end the violence in Chicago, we need to go beyond put the guns down. We need to change the story about what it means to grow up black or brown in Chicago. We need to make the potential of the young people the focus, not just our problems. We need to transform lives to create hope and build futures. We can't do it alone. Invest in our potential. Chicago young people are worth it. Build hope, build lives, and build futures. Woo!